The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid Scream Queens, the unofficial Scream Queens internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, November 16th, 2016, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Fox's Scream Queens. Please welcome my co-hosts, Prince Rico Suave. Hi! Yes. Alaska, baby. Priscilla- I knew you were doing Alaska Thunderfuck. Oh my god, that's, uh, that's awesome. Priscilla Rocha. Not with the, not as awesome an opening, but hey guys. And Wilson Hammond Jr. What's going on? Don't cross me, sluts. <laughs> that was good. I didn't know where you were going with that, but I like that it was oh a quote. <laughs> oh, Wilson. Oh, yeah. Let's jump into our recap of Season 2, Episode 5, titled Chanel Poor Homicide, and aired November 15th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. After discovering Denise dead and Number 5 alive, Dean and Zayde freeze Denise's brain-dead body and find the entire halloween party they had been helping massacred the publicity from this increases the number of patients and staff at the hospital as chanel and number three grow tired of nurse hoffel's demands they recruit more chanels to do their dirty work and as bait for the green meanie two patients from the hospital number seven and number eight as well as tristan the first male chanel aka chanel poor ohm zayde and number five meet the mother of the hospital baby and find nothing to help the investigation kathy fires nurse hoffel who then blackmails her to rehire her number three cassidy and brock treat a woman with foreign accent syndrome and it catches to them before they find the cure of watching American TV shows. Hester rejoins the Chanel's as number six by teasing them with the knowledge of uh, the serial killer, suggesting they send out one of the new recruits as bait. 
after number three argues against number seven going, they settle on sending out number eight. They tell number eight that a necklace is hidden in the hospital and she must find it for herself. Number eight's search is interrupted by Tristan, who wants the necklace and tells number eight to leave. Tristan is consequently murdered by the green meanie. To the Chanel surprise, Munch approves of the disposable Chanel's and gives Chanel three more, number 9, number 10, and number 11. Number 11 is killed after tripping and getting her extra finger sliced off. And in the final moments, it is revealed that Cassidy is the hospital baby. Burm, burm, burm. Yes, that was extra long. Because we've been extra gone. So let's get into it. I want to get everyone's initial reaction to the episode. And we'll start off with our very own Chanel. What number would you be, I guess? Chanel number 15. Because did, why not? Did they get it? Yeah. I was like, well, how f- did they get up to 9 through 11? They got up to 11. So let's say you're Chanel number 12. Uh, Priscilla. Thank you. Uh... I felt like getting into this after like a bunch of like break time that I don't know it was just going to go like a little bit raunchier, go a little bit more dark comedy, and I didn't really feel that episode. Like I'm sure the more we talk about it, the more like more notable like moments will pop out to me. But this just this felt kind of like a regular episode to me. This didn't feel like something stand out. Okay. Prince, what about you? In, all right. You are our, our own Chanel poor ohm. So, on Priscilla's little thing, you also have to remember Priscilla's you know, little thing. A, we we had a break, so I know how you're feeling, but I look at it as this would if we didn't get the breaks, this would dominantly be one of those filler episodes that we kind of need with Scream Queens, but you know, I would have expected, you know, a better episode. Maybe we should have went on break prior or after you know what i mean so it could have came back harder but Mm -hmm. i enjoyed this episode if we all remember this is the episode i've been waiting for because i've been waiting for more chanel's i've been saying it this whole season i need more chanel's i need more chanel's i need more chanel's and i got what i asked for so i greatly enjoyed this episode all right and keeping with the, the chanel theme here's chanel au chocolat that's you, Wilson. That's you, Wilson. Um, <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't expecting that one. Um, that wasn't yeah, either. I kind of agree my fellow co-host there. I think this episode should have come earlier, and maybe it would have had more impact. Overall, I still think it was a pretty good episode, though, because we got to see a few things that, you know, just to tidy up other areas and to lead on to other questions. But like you said, I think they're uh, kind of blew away some of our predictions, though. So, in that sense, it was uh, in in that sense it was enjoyable because you know it's going to it's continued to go against convention in and of itself. So, a filler, still a filler. Like, it feels like a filler, like they said. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I agree with some of the things that some of you said. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. I thought it was fun. I disagree that there wasn't like extra dark humor because that any time Chanel number five was in the scene, just walking or trying to do anything was hilarious to me. Like they put the actress 
in hell with with that brace thing. I mean, it was fantastic to watch and pure physical comedy and physical dark comedy, which was spectacular. I agree that this probably should have been the episode that they went on the hiatus for. In particular, because of the reveal at the end, that would have been a really great cliffhanger, I think. Then uh, sort of like... Yeah, because like the whole, I mean, I mean, no disrespect to Denise, because we all love Denise. And so watching her uh, appear lifeless, uh, you know, on the ground was a good cliffhanger. But this one, because it had to deal with like the actual mystery at hand, would have been a better cliffhanger. I wish that they would have started the series a week earlier or, or have done a two hour premiere so that episode number count would have fallen so that the, the uh, midseason break would have been this episode because this would have been a better episode to go on break and then the first episode back is like whoa what did you know give us some more information on on the cliffhanger and that kind of thing so i agree I, I, with I, all of you on that. that no i agree with you with that too also they could have gave us 11 episode season like it doesn't need to be an even number like it doesn't really matter what number you give us as long as you give us what we need so if they gave us a two-hour premiere they could still bid like their little short yeah I agree. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, Before we get into our thorough recap of the latest episode of Scream Queens, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Are You Afraid? Scream Queens and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. So uh, we pick up pretty much where we left off. Uh, we have uh, Chanel number five on the floor, screaming in agony, and uh, we see Chanel, Kathy Munch, and number three uh, headed her way because uh, <laughs> Chanel number Chanel could hear number five's screams. Because Chanel is attracted to number five's pain, like a shark to blood in the water, and she's developed an addiction to it, which I thought was a great line. So she heard her all, all across the hospital, and um, this was fantastic because this shows how much respect number five gets. Because they find Denise's body, like, and everyone ends up hovering over Denise, and they take, you know, they, they, they check for her pulse, and, and, you know, they make sure if she's dead or not, and they're all, like, grieving over Denise, and number five's like, hey, me, and Chanel is like, um, can you give us two minutes, you know, we're trying to grieve over Denise, number five, it, it was just, it was pure comedy, it was no, fantastic. That, it, it, she's like, can you stop making everything about you? When you yes, the says the lady who has a... Her you know with the lady with the hatchet in her back that was fantastic uh and this scene leads to uh kathy munch like having another idea of like we need to dump this body in the swamp 
because she's FBI and if they find out then they're going to close down the hospital and no one's going to want to come because of a serial killer and this or that or the other. But, uh, you know, Zayde is reluctant to do that because, you know, Denise was our friend and all this kind of stuff. But before they can even come up with a decision, they hear a scream. And so they rush back to where all of the uh, patients were and all of the patients were killed. And some of them were strung up and the green meanie has struck again, uh, killing another Halloween party well even though they, they weren't involved in the party but you know what i'm saying so uh, because of this the dean has decided that she has to you know call the police and go public with this but uh, before all that happens they have to do something with denise so with zayde's help uh, munch and zayde take denise down to this new cryogenic chamber courtesy of chad radwell's money and they end up tucking Denise away inside of the machine until uh, there is a cure created for being electrocuted. And this is when uh, Munch, you know, tells Zayde, you know, please, you know, find a cure for me because I do not want to be stuck in one of these chambers like Denise will be. So, oh, oh, before I, before we continue on, um, and before I ask you a question, uh, Munch also mentions that one of the reasons they're putting her in the cryogenic chamber is because there is a f- she felt a faint pulse uh, when uh, she checked uh, Denise's pulse. So now I can ask. I'm so excited that they found a way to maybe bring Denise back at one point. Were we all surprised by this? Are, is, are we happy that our girl might come back, maybe as a cyborg or something? in a future episode holy um, shit i was i, I, would... I was just kind of like fuck she's dead no like i, I left the season like the, the the last episode being like oh damn it like they took out the two best comedic elements i feel like if they got rid of chad and they got rid of denise like this is why i watched the show but for the hope the scant hope that maybe she comes back although like when they find a cure for being electrocuted does not leave me with good like theories as to like if she can come back or not but you know what this is scream queens this is a cure institute they might find something so i'm very happy she might come back yes i feel like she will come back i feel like their whole objective is to cure the uncurable yeah and i feel like denise is going to be an uncurable that they somehow eventually cure at the end Yes, and over on Supergirl, they're going to have Cyborg Superman. They can have Cyborg Denise. If we're we're talking about other networks, CBS has this new show called Pure Genius that is essentially the Cure Institute played straight. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's like we're here to cure incurable diseases and we have like the highest technology and like all this shit and it's serious. serious I bet there's no green meanie there. Or maybe Alex Parrish from, you know, ABC's hit show Quantico. We'll oh my cure. gosh. Ah, crossover event. I would totally watch that. I would too. They, I think Alex Parrish and Denise Hemfield should have their own show. <laughs> that would be too funny. Denise getting sexy time. Oh Good grief. Imagine Alex and Denise's sexy time. Yeah, that'd be funny. Wilson, are you glad that our girl might be coming back at some point? Yeah, I, got the, I thought that was kind of interesting how they did that. 
like, hmm, she has a, like, come back. I, thought, I don't know. And then when she called Zayday back, I thought they were going to be doing something else, you know, and actually tossing her into the swamp. She's like, I felt a slight pulse. I was like, aha, they're going to bring her back. Like, yeah. So, yeah. I thought it was interesting. They caught the, kept her alive with Chad Radwell, Radwell's money. So, like, yeah. Good. Good to keep the Nisi. Yeah, around. that's funny. I read somewhere that Nisi Nash is going to be on another TV show. So, maybe one of the reasons why they sort of wrote the character away is maybe she was filming the other show. but And, and this certainly allows uh, her the chance to pop back uh, whenever she's available. I don't know if it's going to be no. again this season or hopefully in a like new season. Instagram and she, I, I keep up too. with her Instagram and she's, she's on like shows. on two shows besides this one. I'm just like, oh, okay. She promotes the shit out of that other show. Like, so yeah, it, she it, did. The nurse I, one. I was, yeah, I was scared that she's dead because she doesn't promote Scream Queens as often, but... It could also be because she was more of a special guest star this season, maybe, as opposed to, she wasn't necessarily series regular last season. She was still a special guest star, but she was, I think, either in every episode or at least like 95% of the episodes. Yeah, you might be right, Um, because I'm like, when when I look at it, I'm like, you can see that the regulars promote it a lot more because they're like they'll post a lot of pictures of them like hanging out together backstage like i know like um number three billy lord and like kiki palmer have like pictures all the time and like jamie lee curtis will take pictures with the cast and post it but she's also directing the show also isn't that what's going on she's directing an upcoming episode yeah episode uh, number eight okay yeah so like i know she was a lot hands-on more so i think it was just more of who was able to be on the studio more. Yeah. And plus, I would say, I mean, uh, Nisi Nash was, in my opinion, an honorary series regular last season because she was never billed as a series regular, but she was in, uh, like I mentioned, she was in basically every single episode of the first season. And while Jamie Lee was a series regular last season because of the location, she really wasn't in as many episodes nor as present in the episodes as she has been now that it's filmed in Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, it was like a reverse promotion the two of them yeah kind of but but also nisi has been blowing up i mean she's everywhere yeah girl you know shondell was looking out for her up in the sky i know up in the in the yeah. in the great best buy parking lot up in the sky <laughs> arby's is looking out for her yeah you know what shondell better be careful and not touch no chad because you know when denise gets up there she ain't sharing you know her chat right i know you know <laughs> yeah exactly so so the dean obviously has to call the authorities and she feared the worst you know the cure institute was going to shut down she wouldn't be able to find a cure to her disease but things took a turn for the better because uh, after uh, alerting the authorities to the deaths it brought a swarm of new patients all these people with uh, the incurable diseases and uh, you know the idea of a serial killer didn't scare people away it actually uh, you know the the interest of uh, being cured of, of their incurable diseases you know brought an increased interest into the cure institute and of course this is the scream queens universe so you know whether there's a serial killer or not people are going to do stupid things so all these people have flooded in and they want to be cured by the cure institute and so we're introduced to a whole bunch of uh, new uh, 
new patients were introduced to Penelope Hotchkiss, who who uh, is suffering from a foreign accent syndrome, and this was spectacular to watch. Uh, props to the actress because she was with every line going in and out of a different accent at one point number three is like you know it's it's interesting how you've been going out of different ac accents but you haven't done one that's offensive and then all of a sudden she jumps into an indian accent and i loved to holt because he like pointed oh, directly at her it was fantastic i think honestly number three made this episode with the little remarks that she said because it always led into something more or it was just very witty and clever and like a put down to somebody else yeah so, Number three was awesome this episode. Yeah, yeah. and that accent, that accent lady was incredible as well. I have to hands down give it up to her because I'm like, honestly, every accent that she did was like spot on in a sense. Yeah, she was on it. Yeah, yeah. that was impressive. She really was. And so let's go through, because she was the case of the week. So we'll go through this case pretty quickly because it was pretty simple. So... Uh, she works at the UN, she's a translator, and uh, she had s done a slip and fall. Like, she f um, slipped on a banana peel, and she hit her head, and so they thought that maybe that's what was the cause of it, but they weren't sure, you know, they kept on running tests, and, and uh, they uh, ended up figuring out, at first it was for an accent syndrome, and then all of a sudden it started spreading to other members of the cure staff cassidy holt and number three um started adopting accents and they started going in and out of accents until they ended up on this like cockney british accent and uh, they ended up figuring out that what they had was uh, called madonna syndrome and uh, basically they were adopting the accent that they you know were hearing on a continuous basis and so they figured out that what they have to do so that they stop with the accent is to watch basically american television like the most american television like the non like an american television that doesn't have any type of accents like listening to people speak in english without any type of like uh uh regional dialect or anything like that so they were going to do a, a binge fest of that um cassidy ends up having a previous engagement so he can't but it seems as if uh holt and number three we're gonna have uh this grand time uh, binging some stuff much to number three's um excitement or something like that she gave an interesting look when it was just the two of them together so just focusing on the patient and the three of them taking on the accents what do we think of this part of uh, the episode i love the little sly looks that <laughs> for three gives and oh god like i loved the fact that he brings up all of these like american dvds and he brings up the americans she's like um yeah, that TV show isn't about that. God, like, the little quips, the little lines that they give are, like, just brilliant. Like, but I, I, I feel jealous for, like, Chanel number one, so I kind of don't want Chanel number three to end up in a relationship with Dr. Holt. But you know what? Chad, like, got freaky with every single one of the Chanel's and everybody in the school. So it's probably going to happen with this doctor, too. And we kind of forget, like, I kind of feel like we forget that Chanel's are sluts. Like, yeah. They're 
they're like the class A definition of like what's left are like marching the number five was getting Eiffel Towered by two brothers. Well, there's that. So, um, but <laughs> <laughs> I dig. Um, I love this part. Like I thought this was the most hilarious part ever. And then when they started picking up the accents, and then it became the Madonna syndrome. Like when she went to England and started picking up <laughs> accents. Like, like I thought that was kind of funny. Taylor Lautner. I thought they were going to call it Lindsay Lohan's syndrome. Considering, did y'all ever see that video where fucking like Lindsay? Yeah, Lohan she's was trying. To she was like speaking accent? Greek or trying to. It was. Oh yeah. It yeah, was very sad. Yeah. But I loved how they. How Taylor Lautner was like not the best with the accents, and I loved how the uh, characters like teased him about it because I mean you could tell that like either that was written in because Taylor Lautner wasn't good with the accents, or he specifically wasn't good with the accent because it was in the script. But it, regardless of like what it was, you know, sort of like you know what came first, the chicken or the egg, it was still funny. Like I loved how they were picking on him. And like what, what the hell kind of accent? Yeah, are you, I kind of feel like just by watching, they felt like Billy Lord's accent was the best, and that's why they gave her the most lines with the accent. Yeah, if, if you could tell that he wasn't really saying as much in accents, yeah. but yeah. it was still funny to see. They they mentioned like one of the movies I don't even remember what it was from and they're, they're like you sound like Brad Pitt in this movie I'm like I just saw that movie like an hour ago and you're completely seven right. years in Tibet yes I was like what the f- okay wow okay and like they did a good job with the, with the shitty accents like they never actually technically t- cured themselves of the accents. We're probably just like gonna see them cured of it like next one. And if it was act, if it was catching like that, I wonder why the other Chanel's like didn't catch it when Chanel number three was nearby them. Why Zayday or the others didn't catch it? Mm-hmm. Well, because well, Chanel number three doesn't really talk much either, though. Like especially when she's like with the Chanel's, like Chanel Oberlin does most of the talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very she true. She just kind of goes, yeah, right. She's Chanel like, number decide. three wasn't taking Chanel number one shit though this episode. Do you remember? Like No, she's like, like not the twink. Mm-hmm. No, and like even before, like with the the catheter and the toilet like scenes, like where she just was when when Chanel's like what what I was born to do was just to like give orders and Chanel number three just kind of gave her this dirty look. Like this was not the episode for the Chanel's to fall in line to Chanel number one. Well actually yeah Chanel number five was kind of bossing them too. I kind of feel like Chanel's kind of like slowly losing her power and she's not realizing it. Like, oh no kind I, of I low see key, it too. They're kind of like Loki like finding their own balls. I don't think they're ever never going to be Chanel's, but you know, maybe they're trying. Yeah. Maybe they might be like Chanel's of their own personality by like the next season. You know, a little switch off, be a little bit more of their own personality coming into the the clique. Because all the Chanel's are really are glorified Ashleys from Recess. <laughs> Ooh, I scandalous! Yes, those shout out to Recess. <laughs> The Ashleys grew up and became the Chanel's. Oh my god. Yeah, pretty much. That's what happened when they got out of wow. the playground. They became Recess is the story of our lives. It really is. Yeah. So let's move into let's move into one of my new favorite characters. We see her again after she had been gone for it feels like forever, but it also well, also we've been on a hiatus for like forever. Nurse Hoffel. And when she first appeared, I don't know if y'all noticed, but I did because I love this effect. When um, she approached Munch in the beginning, they did the Hoffel screech. The 
like when she oh. appeared. <laughs> I love that I so much. I don't really know why it's so stupid, but it just makes me smile inside. I was just happy and, that Chrissy Alley was back. In the, yeah, she's fantastic in this role. She's awesome. And um, in the, her first scene, basically we gather from uh, Munch's sort of like inner monologue that uh, Hoffle is getting on her nerves. And uh, she feels like Hoffle is trying to undermine her and, and all this kind of stuff. And um, we uh, later see Hoffle interacting with the Chanel's and making them wash bedpans and catheters and all this kind of stuff. And uh, basically Hoffle is like, you know, you all aren't doctors, so you're I'm having you do what you're qualified to do and all this kind of stuff and which leads to a revolt from the chanel's and the chanel's getting an, an idea that we'll discuss in a little bit but focusing on hoffel later on there's a scene between hoffel and uh, munch munch calls hoffel into her office and munch fires hoffel basically saying that she's a drug addict and um that she doesn't like her and so she's fired but Hoffel is like I have a feeling that I'm going to be rehired in just a moment and that's because I know about your disease and uh, if you want to keep that disease a secret you're going to rehire me if not you know there are going to be all these articles and uh, you know stories written about you you know, being uh, the head of uh, the Cure Institute, but having this disease and then dying. And uh, so regardless of her addiction, which she says she loves, you know, she she thrives for popping her pills every single day. And it's enough pills to like tranquilize a horse or something like that. But uh, it seems as if Munch is forced to rehire Hoffel, no matter what Munch thinks of like how she treats, you know, anybody uh, in the staff. So, uh, and and we saw a flashback at the start of the episode because remember she had bugged uh, Munch's office, so that's how she knows about the Kuru disease, uh, which uh, it was fantastic because like uh, Hoffel was like, you know, people find out that you ate brains and like who the hell thinks that they're going to New Jersey but they end up in New Guinea and I was like, you know what, all this crap is true like how Same the hell did she end up in New Guinea are thinking, yes. completely right <laughs> the, the drugs work for her so, okay, let's talk about Hoffel and uh, her scenes in this, in this episode and her confrontation with Kathy Munch. Bitch came back yeah. with a bang. Yeah, that was wild. Those two <laughs> actresses are like, like, I know that they're from different, like, things entirely. Like, they both did different sorts of film and TV at some point in their lives. But they're both really good at chewing up scenery and, like, commanding, like, the audience's attention. And both of them do so well, like, duking it out against one another. Like, I agree. They, they both were just giving truth bombs to each other. And I was just kind of like, fuck. Like, I'm just going to sit back, eat some popcorn, and watch this, like, go explode in front of me. I loved this. This is probably, like, my favorite scene of the entire episode. Like, yeah. Didn't she call the, the dean a slut, I think? Yes. Yes. It, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Don't cross me, slut. Yes, that was fantastic. And I loved how she was trying to deny like the pill pop in for like a moment, but then she's like, I love it. It was fantastic. Tuxedo on it, like, yes, she's like, like, it's got a little white tuxedo. 
right? Like, oh my god, you fucking fiend. <laughs> but, like, nothing that then, like, she really tried, she, like, really didn't even deny it. She, like, was like, I don't care. Like, even when the Chanel's called her, I was like, why are you wearing sunglasses? She's like, I'm just gonna tell you. I don't even care. She dry snitched on herself from the jump because she knew she wasn't going nowhere. Yeah, I'm loving Kirstie Alley in this role, and you could tell she's oh, having a lot of fun with it. Absolutely, she like I gravitated to her immediately. Like the blue dress, like she looked awesome in it. I'm like I gravitated to her. Like immediately once she came on the screen, I'm like, oh yes, Kirstie Alley's back. I was so missing you. Yeah, it was awesome. So uh, we'll save Zay Day's adventure. Wait, what were you saying, Prince? No, I just realized, and I kind of bumming out about this now. Christy Alley and Nisi Nash had no scenes together. I would have loved to see their confrontation. Oh yeah, oh, they... you're right. Imagine oh. the two of them bumping into each other. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. Yeah, Denise totally would have called her on her build up and shit like way Absolutely. before the Dean did. Christy Alley's character like just loves calling everybody a slut. Like she's like Chanel with like, good morning, you you ho, like you slut. Like Christy Alley's character, and it's like even better watching a an older person going around just calling everybody a slut. Yeah, I love it when she calls the Chanel sluts and whores and hoes and all oh that God. kind of stuff. It's I fantastic. Because it. it's like. You expect it from, like, the Chanel's. They're young. Like, young people are. That's how we speak. Like, we, we use shit like that. Like, oh, you slight. You little, oh, you, you're such a little hoe. Like, but, like, seeing an older person, like, going around, like, you're a little slut. Like, it's like, oh, my God, I love it. Say it again. <laughs> it's hilarious. So we'll save Zayde uh, from in, in, in a moment because uh, she leads into the big reveal that uh, we're definitely going to have to dissect. So let's move into the Chanel's. So after their confrontation with uh, Hoffel, Chanel Oberlin gets an idea. But uh, before she gets that idea, let's just clear up. She's no longer blue because Brock Holt had come up with some sort of solution that basically had her pee all the metal out, so all the silver, and he still is confused as to, you know, who messed up his um, solutions and stuff. And uh, apparently Chanel now only has silver on her butt, so she's like a blonde baboon, for those out there that are wondering. Her, her makeup still looked like, she still looked blue-tinged in that episode. I was going to ask, like, y'all, was that like a trick of the light was that was was that what the episode was supposed to look like because she she looked all yeah i agree i felt like, like that was how it was supposed to be like it got out but it's still yeah like, like it's still getting out her racist. system yeah i noticed something off too she did look okay like i was a, like shit like is my, my, <laughs> it's like my, my tv is in 4k but like it's not that bad <laughs> like the the color should still be the same oh, that's too funny. She, she was like a sky blue <laughs> I don't think it was that bad, but you could tell that she had just been blue and that maybe she still hasn't finished peeing it all out of her system. Because remember, it was still on her butt. So Chanel comes up with this grand scheme that uh, they need more Chanel's because uh, they need basically a shield around them so that the green meanie kills these other Chanel's and uh, th they can survive until the end, like uh, the last time that they 
Exactly, like the last time that they had a serial killer attacking them. And plus, these new Chanel's can do all of like the stuff they don't want to do, like clean bed pants and catheters, and you know, apparently, you know, jerk off comatose uh, men uh, to get uh, semen samples and all that kind of stuff. And so. They start recruiting people, but they find that they there's no interest. Like, everyone on their wait list replied no, and uh, they were stuck. Like, what are we going to do? So they decide to start recruiting patients, because why not? And so they recruit Chanel number 7 and number 8. Number 7 is a girl named Marguerite, who has a Morphan syndrome. And then uh, Chanel number 8 is a girl named uh, Daria who has Mobius syndrome. And then they ran out of like quality Chanel's in the hospital. So they end up recruiting their number one fan. This uh, man named Tristan Saint-Pierre, who uh, basically when the Chanel's were appealing their murder conviction, they found out about him as being their number one fan, and he writes Chanel erotica fan fiction. Uh, you know, lesbian. lesbian Chanel fan fiction erotica with the Chanel's, uh, I guess, finger banging each other and strapping it up did any of you get to pause when when oh i I read all the titles yes oh i read all i read the text messages and i read all the titles of the books it's fantastic i I just saw like i I got one of you and and the chanel like waiting in cement and then like being with one another i was like holy shit okay this fan fiction is detailed go go right ahead with yourself like damn and he was just trying to be nice like but all of his texts were so creepy <laughs> I, oh I really God. was and then he got the, her phone number and he was like i asked it from your lawyer i was like that's a really good lawyer you know he just called hey can i have chanel's number oh sure why not and so okay so they have three new chanel's but then another chanel emerges and that chanel is hester so one day in the hospital uh chanel you know hears these noises and she ends up pulling her back a curtain and under the sheets is hester and basically hester demands to be a new to be a chanel again basically she's like i heard you were looking for chanel's and i was disappointed you didn't come looking for me and um so she's like if you make me a chanel you know I, I can protect you all from the serial killer. I can give you all information, all this kind of stuff. And so they decide to uh, keep Sh- uh, Hester, who wants to be Chanel number six again, um, in their apartment. And uh, they decided to allow her to sleep with uh, number five, just in case she likes to sleep murder kill or something like that. Oh, God, no. I love that whole scene, too, because, like, number five is like... You're making Hester a Chanel again? She's like, I'd like to be called number six. Yes, I'd like to be called number six again. <laughs> like, I'm like this crazy bitch. I'm like, I hate her so much. So, <laughs> This is probably where, like, I disagree with Prince in that, like, he said that Chanel number three made the episode. I think it was Chanel number five. Her, like, little whines and, like, God damn it, why? Like, wasn't this the episode? the part where in the episode where she's like well i'm gonna make them wash like my pants like they're, they're filled with farts or something <laughs> she's like, she's oh my god like, yes yeah. she's like um stupid. you know what 
you could wash my pants because you know what? I need to change them. These ones are filled with farts. I'm like, what are you? Oh my god, I hate you. Like, who said something like that? Like, you. Could I'm glad she's not. I'm glad she's not dead. Like, she's my favorite Chanel out of all the Chanel. She's so pathetic. Yeah, and it's crazy because of Denise's, and I'm going to use uh, air quotes, death. Nobody at this point knows that Hester is missing. Like, they don't know about the deal she had with Denise. And so now all of a sudden, Hester is under the care of the Chanel's. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy if you think about it. And I love that they ask her the question. They're like, so tell us, who is the Green Meanie? And Hester, of course, is like, ah, that's not how it works. Do you think she actually knows? I think she does. Absolutely. Like, because you know she's what? milking the shit for all it's worth. So I'm just kind of like, bitch, you don't know shit. Like if you do, Well, she, she knows it's it. episode five. She can't spill that tea this early on. Absolutely. And I think if she didn't <laughs> know, the Green Meanie would have killed her before, before the whole fiasco. I think he would have killed her as well when she was dressed up like um, Melania. You, you mean uh, Ivanka? Ivanka. Whatever. Not Melania. Did you call her Melania? I don't know. I, I, I called her the wife, you know. Yes, the wife. Didn't he say he was going to have sex with his daughter? I don't know. He's a freak. Whatever. So, um, <laughs> neither here nor there. I Like, yeah, <laughs> he would have killed her right there. Well, there's that. So, uh, the Plus, they get an wait. idea. Oh, mm-hmm. never mind. I'll wait. Cause it, okay. I was it, saying, they get it, the it, idea to have a slumber party in the hospital and uh, one of the reasons is is because they want to send one of the new Chanel's out as basically an offering to the Green Meanie so that the Green Meanie doesn't kill the uh, OG Chanel's. And so they ended up picking Chanel number eight, Daria. Initially, they were going to pick uh, Chanel Porom, a.k.a. Tristan, but... Uh, not the twink. So they sent out number eight and under the ruse that there was a, I don't remember what it was. It was, was it like an Hermes necklace or something like that. Some fancy no, type of brand of choker. It was an Some, Hermes infinity uh, scarf. Like, okay, there you go. A, I thought it was a Whoa. choker. It was a choker because that's their style now. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. But I... um, Chanel Porom, like has been dying for one of them. And so he's like basically, you know, Get out of here, bitch, because it's mine. And so number eight g- returns back, and uh, she lets in. The other Chanel's are like, what are you doing back? And, he's, and she's like, poor Ohm wanted it more than me, apparently, and kicked me out. And Which leads the Chanel's to run, I guess, to save poor Ohm. And uh, Hester is running, too, but she's very happy. And they end up finding Chanel poor Ohm with, I guess, the Hermes, whatever it was, in the box, in his hands. And he is... What was he? Like, obviously his intestines... He was, like, completely cut in half? Yeah, completely cut in Because it almost looked like the American Horror Story thing, you know, where the intestines were... Cut in half. He had his legs, like, deeper in the the thing. Okay, so he was completely cut in half with all of his intestines out and everything. And so poor Ohm is dead and uh munch is obviously furious because uh the chanel's hired 
uh, other Chanel's to do their work, and this is out of the other. But then she has sort of like a change of heart, much to the surprise of the Chanel's. And she's like, you know what, that's actually a really good idea. So I brought you three more Chanel's. And so now there's uh, Chanel's 9 through 11. And 11. And yeah, 11, 9, 10, 11, 11. Because it had an extra digit. Yes, uh, Eleven had the extra digit. And um, then Munch sort of like chews the Chanel's a new asshole, basically saying, and you know what? Hester is missing. So if one of you or if all of you are housing Hester, you know, that's against the law. And I'm going to make sure that you pay and I will be there when they flip the switch on the electric chair because you are harboring a known murderer. And, of course, they don't say anything. They they keep it to themselves. And even after hearing that they are basically bait and a shield for the OG Chanel's, Chanel number uh, 7 and 8 are fine with it. And Chanel number 7 is, in particular, fine with it because she loves the outfits. I love that. So, like, <laughs> yes. You know what? I'm okay with that. I like the outfits. I've grown accustomed to them. Yes, so Aww. the the remaining new Chanel's, Chanel number 7 and 8 and 9, 10 and 11, end up getting sent away to do some of uh, the Chanel's minion work. And they end up running into the green meanie. And so all of the Chanel's, except for Chanel number 11, run away. And uh, Chanel number 11, you know, sort of, you know, puts her hands up. I don't know what that was supposed to do. But she ends up putting her hands up, like, to stop the green meanie. And the green meanie is about to slice. But then the green meanie pauses. And he's like, look at this bitch. She's got 11 fingers. (laughs) And so he ends up slicing off the extra digit. And Poor Midge, Chanel number 11. She looks so thankful and so grateful at the Green Meanie. She just wants to give him a hug. But the Green Meanie ain't about no hugs. The Green Meanie is about slicing and dicing. And so he shoves both of his machetes inside of Midge and uh, leaves her dead For on the ground. For a second, I was like, oh, she's so happy and he didn't kill her right off the bat. Maybe he's going to let her go. No. No, he just killed her. Yeah, I thought, I thought he was going to let her go. So I thought he, he was going to be like, you know what? I got sympathy for you with your 11 fingers. Get out of here. Yeah, that was one of the better fun. One of the, I have to say the funnier moments of the green meeting. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, yeah. Oh, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you, Wilson. Like, of course, you'd be like, another death? Cha-ching. That's exactly what I was looking for. That was real well sick. Was... I am a big fan of number eight. <clears throat> Because when she was like, oh, we're going to have a slum party. No, makeover. She's like, I'm so excited. Can't you tell? Aww. You know, I looked her up. And she actually, her, um, she she had a brain tumor when she was two. Oh, that's really her. Yeah, she had, um, the actress, her name is Riley Weinstein. And, um, when she was two... She had, um, there was a brain tumor, and so she had several surgeries to remove the tumor, and she became paralyzed with um, little hope of, of, like, basically any type of, of motion ability to, to return. 
um, to her face, and uh, they didn't even know if she was going to be able to communicate through speech. But uh, after like years, I, I guess, of therapy and whatnot, she uh, she was able to start moving to music and, and dance. And she's actually, if I'm not mistaken, she's a dance instructor. So, uh, well, she should pop in. She is my yeah. One. I like her because she's like the, the sweet one. Like she's really innocent, which makes me sad because I mean she's probably she, gonna die. I was good. I was so <laughs> glad that um, little Twink Boy wanted to be greedy because she was about to die, and then he wanted to show up. So I was like, "You had this coming." I I washed my hands of him. Like you knew she was like set up for bait and that he she was gonna die, and when he came being like a total bitch, I was like, you know what, Chanel, poor um. I like you, like, I like the cologne as a scent, but I don't like you, so you can die. I, I don't give a shit. I, uh, also, costume design, great choice on, like, kind of mirroring the first look that Chanel had in the first, in, in the season number one, in Chanel Pour Homme, like, with the little, like, beads and stuff, like, like the pearls and the bow and the pink jacket, like, it, it just, it worked so well. I'm just also going to say one of my favorite like cuts to Chanel number five is in the the sleepover party where you see everybody moving around doing like a pillow fight and she's just waving a pillow around by herself. Nobody even wants to fight oh. with her. She's just waving it around like a dumbass. I love it. One of my favorite things about that whole sequence was if you looked in the windows like in the back, like the hospital was still like working. Like, there were nurses and doctors walking around, and, like, you have this group in, like, a sterile environment, like, having a slumber party. Like, it's just so stupid. It's it's so stupid, it's hilarious. It was fantastic. I was a little upset, though, because you know what? The Chanel's a fake as fuck. Let's just be real, because my boy Nick Jonas was trying to join the Chanel's last season, and he was talking about he was gay, and they wasn't having it. Well, yeah, no, Chanel number five was shocked, remember? Yeah, but remember, they wasn't trying to let him be a yeah. Well, you know, desperate times call, and, call and for desperate they, measures. Now they recruiting. Well, that's why their guy Chanel died first, because they were being trifling. Well, there you go. You know what? Now I believe Nick Jonas is back. Oh, gosh. So, <laughs> let's talk about the storyline that led to the big revelation. So, Zayday heads on over to Munch to uh, basically share her theory. She, like, something had been bugging her, so she's like, I just need to put this out on the table. Like, she feels Chamberlain is the 1985 Halloween uh, massacre, you know, uh, no, the, the original um, father getting killed uh, baby. And... Uh, oh, wait, hold on. They called it the baby in the baby belly. The baby in the belly. Which made no sense to me. Because it can't be in the baby in the I tub. I thought babies usually... Well, I thought babies are usually in bellies, but it just made very little. I, it could have just been a baby, but it was baby in the belly. Yes, I think it's because a baby in the tub was like the whole thing last season, so they have to put the baby somewhere. That's what I thought as well. That's what I thought as well. But I was like, oh, they're so stupid. The baby in the belly. I was like, that's where babies usually yes. go. But okay. So she's like, it, it, he has to be it, you know, because it, it's weird, and and so she starts asking questions like, you know, he mentioned that he got this job because uh, you had this uh, thing on Craigslist and all this kind of stuff, and uh, the the dean is like, Chamberlain, like I didn't hire him, like I thought he was Holt's assistant, like why would I do any type of uh, 
a listing on Craigslist, especially for the hospital, and like, hello, Candy Striper? That's supposed to be a job for, like, teenage girls. Like, that does not make any sense. And so... Zayde obviously becomes even more suspicious and she's like well this is like even more of a reason for me to suspect him and so she starts questioning him like oh you freaky like and so she gets him to to confess that uh, yes there was no Craigslist ad and that yes you know he he did sort of like walk in from out the street and just start working there and that's because he likes to make people happy and you know the other hospital that's close by is like so far away he'd have to take the bus and there's no way that they're going to let him on the bus with his card and all this kind of stuff and so this this hospital once they reopen it is only five minutes from his house and all this kind of stuff and like how can you think any ill will of me you know I'm just trying to make people happy that's why I got a little kitty cat in my hand and all this kind of stuff which leads Zayde to do some more investigating, and she decides she has to go find the the mother, the the woman whose husband died that sent into effect the original Halloween massacre of the 80s, which had led to the Green Meanies' return and the most recent Halloween massacre. So she ends up having Chanel number no. five tag along because, to be quite honest, you know she was there uh, i mean she got pulled out of icu from by chanel because she wanted uh, number five close by so that uh, she can insult her at a, at a closer distance basically so they end up finding the the woman her name is jane hollis and they visit her house and um they're trying to get some information on uh, her husband and what ended up happening that night there there was a great little thing that i just found it hilarious where chanel number five was drinking which was already hilarious to watch and she's like this coffee is disgusting and then zadie's like it's not coffee it's tea and then chanel number five's like i'm pretty sure that i ordered a coffee and then zadie's like you didn't order anything because this is a home not a restaurant that was oh, my like, favorite exchange. I, I've been waiting for a Chanel number no. five Zay Day scene, and I was not disappointed. <laughs> Holy shit! Like she plays straight man to like Chanel's number no. five's buffoon really well. <laughs> it was wonderful. But Chanel number no. five's like a better detective than I thought. Like, and Zay Day got proven racist by the racist prover. Cause holy shit! Like, well, we figured out she's not his son because. Cause he's black. <laughs> like, she's white. The, the father was black. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, no, but her. She was like the way Shadon Five did it. I mean, it was so stupid. Cause she was like, "Oh, who's that basketball player you're with in a picture? Was this like a Make a Wish thing after your husband died?" I'm like, first off, I don't think they do Make a Wish for adults, and I don't think they would do it after your husband dies. Like, <laughs> it was just, and but she was like, no, you know that that's my husband, and so then obviously that led to the to her realization that maybe it, it could be Chamberlain again because obviously the the baby would be biracial, and they they end up leaving this thread, and we pick up on this thread at the end of the episode because we see Jane again. She's making breakfast for dinner because. Her uh, child, her baby, 
her grown-up baby likes that. And uh, she mentions that uh, people came by from the hospital asking about your father and about you. Well, actually about the baby. And we see that she's talking to Dr. Cassidy Cascade. And uh, I know. And uh, he ends up telling her, you know, don't worry, mom, I'll take care of everything. Like you've been so good to me. You know, I'll make sure, you know, everything is okay. And then he has a very suspicious look on his face. So what do we think of this? What do we think of this confirmation? What do we think of this? Um, Certainly a little hiccup at least in our theory because I don't want us to get into our theories as to who we think is what at this moment I, I just want us to sort of discuss the revelation but I do have to bring to the conversation one of our theories which was that Nurse Hoffel was er, the mom grown up um, you know the, the mom in present day and obviously that is not the case so that part of our theory was completely debunked but uh, I know I've said for the longest that, that the baby was Cascade because he looks so much like the actor that played the father. So I feel like this is a thousand percent confirmation for me, at least on that theory, which I was very happy about. Oh, yeah. So vindication for you. Indeed, because I totally thought it was Chamberlain. I know. For the, like, I still don't buy that whole bit that he gave where it's like, well, if I just want to give people smiles like and. I don't want to be carrying this thing around in the bus. Like, why not just do it here? Like, I don't buy that. I don't think he's, like, innocent. And neither do I think, like, Dr. Cassidy Cascade is entirely innocent, like, when he came out. I think what tipped it off is, like, that that shirt that he wore, like, when it panned to his chest. I'm like, we saw him wear that same shirt when he died for the first time, like, as the frat boy. Like, when he got real drunk and died in, like, the bed. So I was like, oh, that's, it's Dr. Cassidy Cascade, that's the son. God damn it, my theories were proven wrong. Oh, okay, oh, he was wearing his father's shirt? That was the same shirt in the picture? No, remember when he died, like, throwing up in his mouth? Like, he was wearing, like, a a flannel shirt underneath, like, the the jacket, and that's the same flannel shirt that was on, that was panned to. Oh, okay, okay. I like the reveal, I, I thought it was pretty awesome. So, I, I liked the revelation. I thought it was a, a, a neat revelation. I loved how they kept it till the end. And I, I do like that they use the same actress. They just put sort of like the old age makeup on. So, even though, I, I mean, I thought that our theory was pretty awesome with having Hoffel being the mom in present day. But the mom is, is the mom from the flashbacks, which is fine. And then the twist of um, Cassidy being the child was good. I'm glad that I that I that I called it. I feel awesome. So what about everyone else? So we sort of got Priscilla's thoughts on the reveal, as well as um, her thoughts still on Chamberlain. What do we think of uh, Chamberlain, as well as the revelation at the end with Cassidy? Yeah, I'm wondering what the fat boy still has to do with anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and a male candy striper. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm glad somebody finally called him out on that. Like, really, dude? You're not even. What are you doing here? <laughs> as far as the reveal, I was like, I don't know if it had as much impact as I was 
thinking it was going to have, but to find that it was Cassidy, yeah, that was kind of that was that was off. I was thinking it was Chamberlain as well. So yeah, that's that's an interesting twist. I wonder what it's gonna what it means though. Mm-hmm. I agree, Prince. What about you? All right. So as for the whole Chamberlain, um, one that escalated all quickly when they all came to like you know when she was like you're a freak and he started talking about Eno. Um, but <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. Yeah, that escalated real quickly. I was like, oh whoa, like damn, let her at least say why she thinks you're a freak. Like you done gave her too much information. Like I hope he was not trying to impress her now. Um, but I still think you know what he still may have a tie to it because you know, like I said, we are calling it the baby in the belly. Maybe they had a kid prior to it, or a step kid. Who knows? Because mm-hmm. I still feel like there's you know two green meanies switching off and i don't think it's the mom okay because it was uh, just to like piggyback off of what you said it was weird how she like specifically noted she was like well they didn't ask about you but they did ask about the baby so that was a little bit odd like the phrasing of it which i was like what is what's that supposed to mean I'm like, you know, just to throw it off, watch, like, you know, like, Cassidy be the older brother of Chamberlain, even though it looks like Chamberlain would be the older brother. Like, just some weird, like, throw you off, like, but, ah, it was in your face type thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, the reveal, I kind of, you know, I was expecting it. We kind of needed, like, a clue, in a sense, to, like, what's going on, because we are at the halfway mark. So, I was kind of waiting for this. But now, you know, we're going to, with the last, you know, five episodes, we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. Hopefully more bodies hit the floor. Well, there you go. And before we get into the MVP, I ended up finding this. So I'm going to read it because it was amazing. Addicted? Where do you get off, you boozy old hag? Yes, I take a daily dose of pethidine. And yes, it's a very large dose. Something like you would prescribe a Clydesdale. But you know what? I love it. It is hands down the best friend I have ever had. It is a lover. Friend. All wrapped in some tiny little white tuxedo. I mean, I do. I do, I do, I do. I think about it morning, noon, and night. But addicted? No, I am not. Yes, I obviously am, but how dare you, you creaky old whore. <laughs> I freaking love her. It's fantastic. Oh, she, um, she bounces around so much, like, within that. She's, like, she was oh, all God. over the She phone. was. She was probably high at the moment, if, if you want to be serious. Yeah. No, she did. Oh, my God. I couldn't see it. Oh, my God. She was, like, everywhere. Yeah. I was like, this bitch is on something. She's on fire. Alright, let's get into the MVP, the most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most, and why. You all know the rules. If someone uh, states the character that you were going to take, then you have to pick a different one. No repeats. We'll start off with Prince. Who's your MVP and por qué? Um, I'm going to go with Chanel number three, because she's popping. She should pop in. Not as pop, much popping as awful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know, but you know, no, but she's pill popping. Is what I'm trying to say. That's yeah, yeah, no, I got it. But I'm like, you know, I gotta give it to my number three. I'm like, I love that girl. All right, uh, Wilson. What about you? Your MVP and why? Mm, I'm gonna go with Chanel number five. Oh, that's a good one. And uh, oh, yeah, I hate she... you so much. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, she was wilding out in this episode. She was all over the place. And uh, yeah, I think just the scene when she was with Denise, that was the one that just kind of sealed it for me. She was like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, her face was classic throughout the whole episode. No, so, you definitely picked a go. good one, Wilson. Because I'll give you, she, now number five had me dying when she's like, this coffee tastes like shit. And she's like, because it's tea. I thought I ordered the coffee. You didn't order anything. <laughs> you like that whole scene when they met? Yeah. That really gave me Chanel number five, but that was a good choice. Yeah, that was spectacular. And uh, my MVP is, I mean, I have to give it to her because I read the damn monologue. Nurse Hoffel. I mean, she was just fantastic in the couple of scenes. I apologize. (laughs) She was fantastic in the couple of scenes that she was in in uh, this episode. Uh, I mean, Kirstie Alley is bringing it. Uh, I mean, she's just fantastic. And any any scene where you're going toe-to-toe with Jamie Lee as uh, Kathy Munch, you, you got to give props to the person that, that's confronting Munch. And uh, Hoffel did an amazing job. So, Priscilla, who's your MVP? Uh, to be quite honest, this was a good episode for a lot of characters. So, even though, I guess, two of us swiped two of yours, uh, there are still a couple of other good ones out there, I think, maybe. I was nice. I, I was being charitable today. <laughs> I know who my favorite is, if it's not those two. Um, I don't remember which what her number is, but the girl with um, the face that that that's like still to eight, be Chanel number expression. eight. Yeah, I love her. She's just so like innocent and sweet, and like she's like I'm so scared or I'm so excited, and it's the same face, but she like she takes it in stride. And she she really was like I felt bad for her when she was looking for that piece from Hermes and like dicked out Chanel Porom comes and like tells her like I'm gonna find it first bitch and I'm gonna take it I'm like you know what die I don't care I loved Chanel number eight and I hope to see more of her so she's totally cannon fodder she's gonna with die you, Priscilla. yeah I had a feeling he was gonna I'm die Chanel because eight. of the name of the episode it was Chanel Porom aside so I was like. He has to be the one that dies. So, yeah. now it's time for the big question. And we're going to go in the exact same order. Oh, wait, I have a... wait, before we yes. do this, can, I re... can we go back real quick? Um, so, you know how I had said something about the accent, but I thought I was going to wait? Yes. About the accent. Yeah. Okay, so, now, you remember the two The two were going to go watch the movie and get rid of their accent, and Homeboy has something to do. Mm-hmm. So why didn't he talk to his mom with the accent? That is true. Well, there's um, there's there's a little hiccup with the accent as well, because if you go back and look at the slumber party, which is in like the middle of, of everything, um, Chanel uh, number three didn't have her accent at the slumber party. But then afterwards, when she got confronted by the dean, like she did have the accent too. So the the accent thing was a little inconsistent, oh, yeah, to that, be quite honest. Yeah, they were slacking inconsistency. If it's Madonna that we're basing this off of, she her accent well, is true. Yeah, so they could have easily slipped I'm back into an American accent because that would have been another Touché, accent Priscilla. technically. So they they had an out Touché. for that. Touché. Yeah. So now it's time for the big question, the question that we all love to answer, except for Priscilla, who's dreading it during tonight's podcast. We're going to go in the same order, though, so Priscilla, you will go last, so it gives you a chance to uh, marinate on who's the green meanie. 
Grazie. You're welcome. And so I guess we all decided, and listeners, it was uh, via peer pressure, that we can give three because it was three last season. Although technically we don't have proof that it's three yet. I can understand that there might be at least two, especially after that scene in the surgery room. But uh, we all agreed that we wanted three. So you can have up to three choices as to who has teamed up to become the green meanie. So who do you think the killer slash killers are? And uh, that means uh, Prince was first, right? Yes, Prince. Mm-hmm. All right, so Cassidy Cascade, I'm going with um, Homeboy um, with the little cart. Chamberlain. Um, Chamberlain. I'm going with Chamberlain, and I'm going with Hester. The reason why is because I'm going based off to this episode, I'm going to say, well, we already know Hester was um, Ivanka, so that's why I say Hester. So with the green meanie aspect, I'm going to go with Cassidy and Chamberlain. I'm going to say Chamberlain was at the slumber party while Cassidy was meeting with the mom, and they're somehow still related as brothers. Okay, that's interesting. Hashtag plot twist. Wilson, what about you? Who are the killers? Um, I'm going to say, uh, well, I can't remember his name now. John Stamos' character. I think Brock Holt. Guy. Yeah, I think it's him. And uh, even though he, uh, for some, he doesn't really have a direct reason to be, I still think it's him. Just him by himself? And, uh, uh, not him by himself, but I don't know who the other... I think I only think it's one other green meanie, even though I know we're saying three. I only think there's other one. The more I'm thinking about it, but I just don't know who. So I was just gonna say uh, Denise Hemphill. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow! <you're> just... <laughs> oh God! On her name. Yeah, that's, I don't that's know. I don't know who the other one is. On her name Wilson, you're banished. Yeah. How can you... Yes, you've tarnished the name of special agent of the FBI, Quantico graduate, who doesn't chase the rivers and the lakes that she used to, Denise Hemphill, well, former I mean, Kappa Kappa Tau den mother. On that name. You put some respect yes, on Yes, put respect thing. on her name. I mean, they were about to push her into a Yeah, well, that's true. Okay, well, it's an interesting theory. That's true, you gotta just say it. Um... Oh, but see, you know what, Wilson? See, the reason why I, I get your, like, idea of John Stamos, because you know what? It just seems like he kind of would be, like, a practical killer. But my only reason why I haven't chose him ever yet is because that idle hand, I feel like, if he was the killer, would kind of come into play. Mm. Okay. So I have a... Kind of like... Wait, go ahead, go ahead, Prince. Like, no, nah, I kind of feel like, like, you know, like, him and the idle hand would be like it would be like a fight like i feel like he wouldn't go along with it but you know what you could be right you know okay so i have a really wild and far out theory i don't know if i'm gonna stick to this i I will need more proof for me to be able to stick to this but for right now this is my theory for this episode because i'm like you know what it was in the back of my head and I'm like, let me just say it, because if it does end up being real, you know, I can get some credit for it, even though I don't know if I'm going to agree with it next time. But here's my theory. 
So the green meanies are Hester obviously is involved. I feel something. She has to be. Um, Cassidy, because obviously his his mom and everything that happened and revenge and all that kind of stuff. And the third person is Dr. Brock Holt. And let me explain why. Wilson didn't have a reason why, but I have a reason, and maybe Wilson might like this reason. And it might make you feel justified for picking Dr. Holt Wilson. I think Brock Holt is Cassidy's father. I feel like when he was dipped into the swamp, he was still a little bit alive. He wasn't fully dead. Kind of like, remember how they introduced the whole Denise? There was a faint pulse. Maybe there was a faint pulse. And maybe, remember they had mentioned um, in that flashback that that swamp was filled with, uh, like, I forget what they said. It was like, I don't know, it's like, like chemical waste or something like that. So something in the water, um, let's say, mutated Holt. And that's why... He he maybe he looks a little bit different, you know. Maybe that's why his skin lightened a little bit, because uh, because John Stamos does have like all of well, his skin. He went from big black dude to you know. Like well, I'm saying you know maybe maybe it maybe it altered his skin a little bit. Like maybe he ended up having some reconstructive surgery or something as well, so he's not recognizable. Maybe, but what I thought was interesting is that his father, Cassidy's father's name is Bill Hollis. B H. Brock Holt. Mm. Oh. Oh, yeah. So, whether it was the, the, the swamp, you know, altering him, or, or maybe maybe the swamp did alter him so badly he was disfigured, he had to get reconstructive surgery. Maybe his hand was melted off or something, and he had to get a hand transplant, and all this out of the other. Remember how we've said that the logo on the back of of um, the tattoo, not the logo, but the tattoo on his back of Harvard isn't the Harvard logo. Maybe he never went to Harvard. Maybe this was this whole plan that he set into place with his wife and son to get revenge. And uh, they ended up somehow finding out about Hester, maybe through the news and whatnot. So they ended up visiting her to get more information on like how they can get their revenge and so that's how hester was brought into the mix or I, so I like i said it was a wacky theory. insane theory and this is pro this might be the only episode where i i feel confident about it but i was like you know what let me just put it out there because it's this is the kind of show where to be quite honest anything can happen right well, let me try to help your case or maybe in this scenario it's more like this Maybe Chamberlain was the first baby with the first husband. Maybe she remarries, and maybe Brock is the second one. And okay. she's never moved on, and he's kind of like, you know, happy wife, happy life. Let me get rid of this. There you go. That could be it, too. It could be a family affair. Yes, like Mary J. Blige. All right. Hateration. Yes, in this dancery. Can I ask a question and a really stupid yes. question? Why are we saying three as opposed to two killers? Do you know, I guess because if we're going with the pattern of last season, that that's you guys convinced me to allow you to pick three. So I'm just going by peer pressure. Okay. But if if you want, if you feel All that right. it's two, uh, Wilson stood uh, 
his ground, saying that it's two. All right, I think I'm going to go the Wilson route and say that it's two. Um, and I'm still sticking to my guns. Like, I suspect Chamberlain's, like, little excuse where he's just kind of like, well, what if somebody just wants to be a good person? No, this is Scream Queens. There's no such thing as a good person. Even Grace, who was, like, almost going to be, like, the good person the first season. Like, he found out she's she has her own, like, reasons for doing what she does. And I think Chamberlain has bad reasons. I think he's a bad guy. And I still am, like, maintaining that Nurse Hoffel, like, is, like, beyond pill-popping, there has to be a reason why she's still doing her job at that hospital. Like, why she wants it to succeed. Why she wants to maintain her job there. And it's because it's a cover. It's because she's still killing people. Still, like, doing something. Like, I I don't know why, but there has to be a reason why these two people want to work at that hospital. I, I still don't, like, I can see where, like, the suspicion There's is. There's treasure like, in the basement. In no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> well, there is Denise Hemphill, and she's a treasure. She is our treasure, so there's yes. Treasure. But, no, like, I can see where the suspicion is to Holt and to Cascade, but I haven't seen enough of, like, a bad action from them or just, like, a vibe. I, I haven't gotten that yet. So I'm going to hold out on the third green meanie. I'm I'm holding out for st- for Hoffel and for Chamberlain as the Green Meanie. Okay, and I respect that. One thing that I will bring back into the conversation, though, and it's just because Hester was adamant about it, is that she said it's right in your face. It's so simple. You know, why aren't you seeing it? It's right in your face. True, but Chad said you would have never guessed who it was because I didn't even see it coming. Well, that's true, too. Which makes me imply that there was two green meanies because I think Hester knows about one of them and she might not know about the other one. Okay. Well, I like all the theories. Uh, I feel like one of us is right or has been right or will be right before the season ends. And uh, and I'm excited. Someone's been right up in this day. Yes, someone has to have been. So I'm excited to find that out. And so, I guess on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid, Scream Queens? Once again, here is our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Are You Afraid? Scream Queens and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners good night. Good night, Green Meanies. Drop the mic. Good night. Yeah. Sluts. Maybe not. (laughs) I was waiting for sluts from Wilson, but no sluts. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Are You Afraid Scream Queens every Thursday via iTunes and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. New episodes stream via poppychularadio.com every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Good night.
Prince, are you there? Okay, that's a no. Prince? Or is that Wilson moving around? Oh, that was fine. Okay. Moving now, we don't have a spoiler section in this show. Action in this show. Action in this show. Action in this show. Action in this show. Prince? 